New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You too can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support. Hello, I'm Justine Willis-Toms. Today I'm hosting Leslie Shore. She's the author of Listen to Succeed, How to Identify and Overcome Barriers to Effective Listening. Leslie, welcome to the New Dimensions Cafe. Oh, thank you so much, Justine. I'd like to begin. uh, You know, aren't we born being able to listen? Why is it that we must actually learn to listen effectively? The reality is, Justine, that we are born being able to hear if we're lucky. And hearing and listening are different things. Listening is taking what you're hearing and actually processing it through that wonderful brain of ours in a way that we can push it through our wisdom, push it through all of the experiences that we've had, and it goes through all of our history. And all of that happens in a nanosecond. That's what listening really is. It's a process. So what are some of the main barriers then to listening well or listening effectively, as you say? Well, to me, the most difficult main barrier to get over is ego because we're humans and we think what we are thinking is important and it takes over even as we're listening because we're already getting ready to respond. So one of the barriers is getting the ego out of the way. The other one is kind of a barrier, non-barrier, and that is not knowing how to be present. What we need to do is learn how to be present and give to the other 110% of our attention and taking that ego that we just spoke about and pushing it aside. Now, in terms of the other barriers that I write about in my book, I would say that emotional barriers is probably one of the biggest ones. And the second biggest one, I would say, actually is language. Let's talk about negative words, because that's one of the sub-barriers within it. There are words that make you see red, that when someone uses it, it stops you from listening to anything else that they have to say. And when that happens, and you stop listening you are no longer at any kind of choice. So one of the things that I suggest to my readers is take a week, figure out what words make you see red, what makes you stop listening. For me, one of the words is ugly. I was called ugly in fourth grade by a fourth grader. Not unusual, but I didn't say anything to my parents about it. I kept it with me for years probably 20 years. And as I was doing this work, I realized that that word had power over me and that when that word was used, I stopped listening. And so I had to understand where did it come from? Okay, I was all of the age of maybe nine or 10. So when someone used that word on me, that's where my brain went. I was a 10-year-old not listening. (laughs) And so when you identify those, 
you now are at complete choice to be able to say, there's that word, I'm going to get back to listening, I'll talk to them about that later. And so emotions can be a really, really big one. The second one is language. And when I first gave uh, my parents the listening assessment profile, my mom called and she said, honey, you have me pegged. (laughs) And I said, mom, what do you mean? And she said, well, external barriers is one of my big ones and language is one of my big ones. And she said, can you explain that to me? And I said, mom, you're an English teacher. It's not like you don't have a vocabulary or have an amazing understanding of metaphor. The issue comes when a word or a metaphor is used that you don't know. And you try and figure it out in context. When you're figuring it out in context, you're not listening anymore. So that is a barrier for you, which, by the way, is one of the easiest ones to push aside and get over. And she said, well, how do I do that? I said, be the hero in the room. You're not the only person who doesn't know what that word or metaphor means. Raise your hand and say, could you rephrase that in a different way? I didn't get it in context. Oh, that's such a perfect point. When we think to ourselves, I don't understand, but we don't say anything. Right. And yet, if we don't understand, there are probably, as you say, other people that are not understanding. I think that's an important point. It really is. And do you realize that the speaker who said it is thanking you because you have brought forth something that they need to fix in what they're saying? When I've spoken to speakers about this, I said, at least put it between the commas. And they, what do you mean by that? I said, use whatever word you want to use, but then explain it between the commas, and go on. So if I use the word transmogrification, put between the commas, what that is, is transforming in a negative way, like in Kafka's metamorphosis from a man into a cockroach. They get the concept completely. You've taught them something, but you haven't lost them by using a word that they won't understand. Leslie, what about the kind of conversations that we have, let's say, with friends in a restaurant, and it's noisy, and there's music going on, and there's the waiter is coming up and interrupting and so forth. What would you say that we could do to be better listeners in that situation? Well, the first thing is to know yourself. I have to face the wall in a restaurant because I get distracted That's one of my big barriers. I get distracted visually. So if you're that kind of person, don't face into a restaurant. Know where you are, whether it's a party or restaurant or whatever. Second thing is, and I believe because I'm over 60, I can do this. I actually ask people to turn the music down. And I have done so. And it has been very helpful. And I've had other people come up to me and say, oh, thank you. I couldn't hear what I was saying to someone else, and I couldn't hear them. You know, Leslie, I've heard that in designing a restaurant, they're very careful to do the acoustics so that when you first walk in, it sounds busy and you hear lots of conversations because if it's too quiet, people are not going to go in there. But, you know, for many of us, it's just the opposite. When it's really noisy like that, 
I find it very frustrating. I just can't have the kinds of conversations I'd like to have. And I have to say that there has been a couple of times where I do not go back to that restaurant for that exact reason, or I've asked them to turn it down or change from the acid rock to something that their clientele would actually more appreciate, and they they didn't do either. Mm-hmm. And this is how you lose customers. And acoustics is a really big issue. And I think they're making acoustics, as you say, to make it louder, not uh, more amenable to conversation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, but I think that there will be a uh, backlash with that. Because if you don't get it right, you will not get, I mean, we're talking about the boomers now. There are a lot of boomers that go out and eat in a restaurant. And if you lose them, I don't know, are you going to stay in business? I'm also thinking, too, as you were talking earlier about paying attention and being present with the conversation, not, uh, let's say, daydreaming or Mm -hmm. our mind wandering or letting the externals distract us. And I'm thinking this might be also where meditation practice can be helpful. Many of our listeners are meditators, and Mm -hmm. as we learn to calm ourselves down and not attach ourselves to our thoughts, that can also, I think, help us to be effective listeners. Do you see the correlation? Absolutely, because to me, that is a huge part of being present. To be in a meditative state where you are emptying your mind of anything but what's in the present is a huge boon to effective listening and deep and sincere listening. And for those of your listeners who are people who meditate, they probably find, especially in those situations, that their practice of meditation does allow them to take those distractions and let them flit off into the sunset or into the clouds. And they are able to be more effective as listeners. So tell me, what are the benefits of deep listening? Oh, Do you have a couple of hours? Um, They're first and foremost. People who listen effectively are able to deepen relationships without as much energy as in other ways of deepening relationships. You don't have to go out and get a present. You don't have to kind of go on a Caribbean cruise. When we listen to people deeply, relationship just automatically deepens because when people feel heard, they will give more of themselves. And as they give more of themselves, you do the same. It just, it fast tracks how deep a relationship can go in a very short period of time. You say that it can actually change our emotional IQ. Oh, yes, yes. Because our emotional IQ is very much tied to our history and how we got there. And when you are able to effectively listen to other people, 
you are exposed to so many wonderful ideas and ways of looking at things and perspectives. You can have epiphany after epiphany after epiphany if you're listening effectively to people who are not necessarily like-minded in terms of ideas, but like-minded in terms of wanting the best for you as you do for them. Our emotional IQ can't stop when we hit 15, and yet for some people it does. And the emotional IQ stops when the ego takes over and never lets go. Because when we've decided we've got it, that emotional IQ is stuck. Listening is one of the biggest and best ways. Listening effectively is a wonderful way of having that emotional IQ continue to ratchet up the ladder. And isn't it true that in deep listening, we're doing more than just hearing the words. We're, we're also noticing gestures and body language. And there's, there's all sorts of other information that we're taking in as we're listening. Absolutely. Listening is eyes and ears. Uh, ears with the words and eyes with the body language. And one of the things that I learned very early on is when you watch people's faces and body language as a totality, you know whether or not what they're saying is really what they believe. You and I and your listeners, we've all seen when someone has said something like, yes, I really like that dress that you have on. And their body language and their face is saying quite the opposite. <laughs> or, gee, Leslie, what a great idea that is. And their body language is saying the opposite. Their arms are crossed. Their eyes are darting up and to the side, kind of like, really? Is, does she really mean that? So it's being able to take the two together and synthesize what's coming at you so that you can say, yes, body language and what they're saying are in agreement, in which case two thumbs up, or no, body language is not in agreement. Believe the body language. Your body does not lie. That's yeah. great. So tell me then, it's best for us to listen or when we're speaking or listening especially to make eye contact and some of these little things that we can do to help support the person speaking. Eye contact is the most important. It is what tells the speaker that you're there. And eye contact that is true and not the thousand-yard stare <laughs> is the one that actually encourages them to go on. The nodding of the head, the aha. Uh -huh, the great point, and that's about as far as you want to go with words because you don't want to get in the way of what they're saying, but acknowledging them, even sitting up straighter, that's telling them, oh, I must have said something that got them going. So your body language as the listener in actuality is just as important that you are showing them through your body and what you're doing, that you are absolutely 100% with them on track, please go on. Oh, Leslie, we could talk about so much more. We've just had these few minutes together, and I just want to thank you so much for being part of the New Dimensions Cafe today. 
totally my pleasure, Justine. Thank you. I've been speaking with Leslie Shore, and she's the author of Listen to Succeed, How to Identify and Overcome Barriers to Effective Listening. And if you'd like to learn more about her work, you can go to her website, listentosucceed.com, or you can get there through the New Dimensions website, newdimensions.org. I'm Justine Willis-Toms. I want to thank you for joining us on the New Dimensions Cafe. Please do join us again. You've been listening to the New Dimensions Cafe. This series of shorter interviews features many of the remarkable guests also featured on our internationally syndicated one-hour New Dimensions radio series. To access more than a 1,000 hours of programs, to subscribe to our newsletters, or to become a member, please visit us at newdimensions.org. New Dimensions Radio has been making a difference on our planet since 1973, thanks to the generosity of our listeners. You, too, can help make a difference with a tax-deductible donation or membership. Please visit our website, newdimensions.org, and just click the Donate button. We at New Dimensions thank you for your support.